This episode is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar, except they're far better for you. Just one bar has between 130 and 180 calories, 19 grams of protein, and between 3 and 7 grams of sugar. And you can capitalize on this by using our code BIGSHOTS, all one word, for your next Built Bar purchase to get 10% off. Built Bar, join the team. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Big Shots NFL Draft Podcast. I am your host, Mike Renition, joined as always by my colleague over at Blue Chip Scouting, the best in the business, Devin the Verified Jackson. Before we hear from Devin, though, I just want to take a, a quick minute or so just to kind of go over something. You may have noticed in January that our episodes were a lot shorter, and, you know, I just kind of want to explain why that was. This is not going to be a more constant thing with us going 20, 25, 30 minutes, uh, and sometimes only once a week. We only did one episode last week. Uh, so I just kind of want to go over why that was. Um, January sucked for me. Um, beginning of the month, I was told I had come into contact with someone that uh, had COVID-19 at work, and I was put on isolation for two weeks. Uh, during that isolation, uh, actually the same day that our Brock Hoffman podcast came out, um, I went and got tested and I did test positive and that was kind of depressing. Um, you know, obviously having to be kind of isolated away from everyone, not being able to go outside, not being able to work. Um, all of that really did suck and it really took a lot out of me both physically and emotionally. I didn't have the same energy. You probably could have figured that one out. Um, you know, I wasn't able to do third, you know, 40 minute podcasts talking, which is why you heard Devin taking more of the lead, especially in our interviews. Um, you know, part of it was, was breathing. Part of it was just like absolute exhaustion. And if you listen to the national title game, um, preview, you'll definitely notice it. Uh, one of the big things I had was a massive brain fog, for lack of a better term. And what was the, the key giveaway for that? I called Kyle, Tra uh, sorry, I called Mac Jones, Kyle Trask, three times in that episode. Three times. And it was because I just couldn't concentrate, couldn't think straight properly. Um, and then, yeah, I got off of my isolation. I went back to work, but due to circumstances that I don't feel like getting into on this podcast, um, I ended up quitting my job. The whole outbreak involving, uh, you know, COVID-19, uh, me and 21 other people were put on isolation and I just felt like my job handled it in the worst possible way, both the, the person that I was exposed to plus my positive case. It was just handled so poorly. I quit my job. There's been some other personal things that have gone on. I've mentioned on the podcast, my cat got sick. Uh, there was just a lot I had to go through. So January really did suck for me. We are now in February. I'm really looking forward to February being a good week. Oh, sorry, sorry, good you know, stretch of weeks, a good month. There I go. Devin's already laughing at me on mute because there I go, not being able to speak properly. But yeah, February is going to be a good, good month. Let's just get through this week. Um, and, you know, hopefully we can, as the off season goes on, we will be able to talk more in depth, go longer, not have to cut it 30 minutes because Mike can't concentrate that long. So I just kind of wanted to take a couple of minutes and just explain why. But hopefully, starting today, we can kind of get back into the swing of things. I am starting to feel a lot better. Physically, I have been okay for about two weeks now. But just kind of mentally and emotionally, I hadn't quite been there. And I couldn't put that same enthusiasm into the podcast. And I think you guys might have been able to tell. And I appreciate those of you that reached out to me. And obviously, thank God for someone like Devin to be able to carry the load and also just be there as being one of my best friends. So wouldn't be able to do this without without any of you, those listening or you yourself, Devin. Yeah, man. You know, it you know, it's definitely tough, you know, watching you kind of go through everything. And of course, you know, everything that happened over the last couple of weeks has been a hectic few weeks for you. But like I said, and you know, like you said uh, just now, you know, February is a new month, you know, and 
you know, it's just one month down 2021. It's not going to be indicative of how the rest of the year is going to go. So uh, definitely excited to, you know, kind of get back to where we were, you know, before everything went down and, you know, getting back to being in depth and, you know, you just being comfortable just in general. So uh, definitely good to see you, you know, getting back to normal and, and, you know, talking football again, for sure. Definitely. I mean, one thing, uh, it's a good thing that we, the video podcast was a one-time thing because I swear to God, these, if we had tried to keep that going, it would have just been awful to watch because you have Devin sitting there talking and I can't concentrate on anything that's going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's tough, man. I, I haven't had COVID, thank, thank God, but. I, I can only imagine kind of the side effects and, and, you know, the things that was causing, you know, I could see just through the screen, you know, you were kind of dealing with it. So I can only imagine, you know, having to, you know, deal with it for a couple of weeks and, and trying to do things that you normally do and, and you just can't concentrate. So definitely glad, you know, you're getting back to normal in terms of health and, and just being yourself again and, you know. That's that's what all matters at the end of the day. We could sit here and talk about, you know, prospects and whatnot. But, you know, if your health isn't OK, you know, if you're not OK mentally, then, you know, that really does a disservice, uh, you know, to yourself because you, you got to take care of yourself at the end of the day. Because this all this stuff, man, it's it's great. I love doing it. But at the end of the day, it's not life or death. You know, yeah, the COVID I mean, is life or death. So, I mean, we had uh, like. Brock we had on before I, I I I was even having any symptoms before I went and got tested. Um but like Connor, the that interview, I had it. Uh Joe, I was just coming off of it. So we were you know pushing through and the big reason is I needed to try to feel normal while I was going through it. And I mean last week was just a week from hell. I mean when you come back from from COVID and then you lose your job uh because of it, it just it created a mess and I wasn't really wanting to do multiple podcasts. I was by the way, if you haven't gone back and, and heard the the Joe Marino podcast, go back, listen to that. Joe's amazing. Welcome back anytime. Uh but let's get into this week, man. Um we obviously had the Senior Bowl. We previewed, or sorry, we reviewed uh, last time the two, first two days talking about the offensive line and obviously talking with Joe. So now we kind of want to, you know, we've had the weekend. We've been able to look at some of the film that maybe we didn't catch in the moment. Um, so we're going to do just some, some, you know, general takeaways, guys, that really impressed us at every position, not just the offensive line, uh, winners, quote-unquote losers, um, you know, that type of stuff. So, Devin, why don't you get us started? We're going to kind of let you take the lead still, because you've shown, well, you're better at it than I am. <laughs> it's episode 80, and that, I man. still can't form proper words half the time. It's, look, man, don't be too hard on yourself. But, <laughs> yeah, listen, uh, senior bowl coverage was amazing. I wish we could have been down there to next experience year. it. Yeah, next year. But, look, this year was amazing. You know, even though it was virtually done you know i i first before we even get into i want to give props to jim Nagy and the whole senior bowl crew because they they put on a fantastic production you know from practices making sure people were safe um making sure people were tested you know and implementing mask orders on on people that attended the whole nine they they made sure that all that was good to go they got us the measurements on twitter which was perfect you know we didn't have to wait for a bunch of different outlets uh, to, to put it out there. And yeah, man, it, it was just great from start to finish. You know, a couple of my guys that I said was going to have a big week had big weeks, you know, got to do, you know, sit down interview, but we'll get all into that a little bit later. But kind of initial thoughts, uh, you know, when I think of the senior bowl, you know, some early first winners, it has to be number one, uh, Dwayne Eskridge. Uh, yeah. We've been talking about him since Eric at home podcast. So we, we've been on that train long you know what's amazing? before every single guest we've had on since Eric at home has mentioned Dwayne Eskridge. Every single one of them. Connor did Joe. did. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's been awesome, man. You know, just kind of watching him 
And like I said, we both had him in our initial wide receiver rankings. I did we not both, actually. We spe- I did. Oh, oh, no, well, I, I, I had him. <laughs> I had him in my initial uh, wide receiver rankings uh, when everything, you know, when the season was just about to finish. Before everyone was like, "Oh, this Dwayne Eskridge kid," you know. And then the end of December, beginning of January, it was the Eskridge show. So he had a great senior bowl. Uh, he only practiced the first two days. He didn't play in a game. Uh, which kind of sucked, but you know, you got to protect yourself at the end of the day. He's a speed guy. You don't want to mess up your hammy, anything lower body, especially when you rely on speed. So he's like the very first winner. And then of course, Quinn Miners, uh, he was amazing from his belly just being out the whole time, not giving a damn, um, to pancaking dudes that, you know, I mean, Somebody like O.C. Odigizua, he had a phenomenal week, but whenever he went against minors, it, it just didn't work for him. Um, so he's, he's definitely, those two guys are kind of the overarching big winners, in my opinion. And then, of course, quarterback Mac Jones, he really made himself probably a lot of money and potentially maybe solidified someone taking him in the first round. Even though I don't think he's a first round talent, uh, I think he's a round three talent at best. Um, but I know the NFL is starving for QBs, so I would not be surprised, especially, you know, midway or late in the first round, a team was like, yeah, let's take him, you know, a team that already has a lot of pieces around. You just basically need a quarterback that can, can manage the game, which, you know, I wouldn't take a quarterback that high in that regard, but you know, that's how the league is trending to now. Uh, and then I'll throw one more name and then we can just go back and forth, pinball back and forth, uh, in terms of, uh, players that impressed us. Uh, last one has to be, um, Richard Grant, the safety LUCF. Uh, he definitely, I think, solidified probably a top 50 pick in this draft. I, uh, he's a top 50 player without no, no question in my mind. And he just balled, man. He made Kellen Mond and Jamie Newman's weeks at the Senior Bowl just hell because anytime you threw it anytime deep, he's right there in position, uh, undercut a slant route on the last day of practice. Um, you know, he, he just made plays all over the field. So those are like the four initial guys. When you think of the Senior Bowl, the biggest winners, uh, they have to be on that list. Those four guys. Definitely. Um one thing I want to talk about quickly before I give you my guys, if you've noticed over the past couple of weeks that my sound quality is uh, a little weaker than, than Devin's, uh, there's a very good reason for that. I've been recording in my basement instead of in the office. Part of that was obviously due to isolation. And since I've uh, come back, it's just been easier for me to record in the basement rather than have to uh, trudge upstairs and grab the microphone and everything. So I'm just recording on a set of head- headphones. I just kind of wanted to get that out there. Yes, I am aware that the sound quality is a little bit worse on my end. And um, maybe on our next one, I'll actually, you know, go and grab the microphone. Anyways, my guys, uh, obviously, like you said, Quentin Manners, uh, it, it happens every single year. There's a Division three guy on the offensive line that everybody goes, ah, well, you know, are they going to really show out? Or are they going to, you know, kind of get exposed? And for whatever reason, every single time, it's the, the Division three guy is one of the best ones there. Uh, Ali Marpet a couple of years ago, Ben Barch last year, and obviously this year, Quinn Manners. He was just dominant. It didn't matter. He had some great reps against guys like Odigizua and uh, Pat Jones, who had a really good week. It just, it did not matter going up against him. So yeah, that great call in terms of uh, him. I'm trying to think of some other guys that really stood out for me. Trey McKitty, the... Uh, He's uh, he's representing Georgia now, right? He was a Florida State guy, transferred this year, uh, went to Georgia. Didn't really stand out too much on film. I haven't completed my eval of him, but from all accounts and from what I saw based on clips and what I saw, you know, in, in the drill, uh, sorry, in the seven on seven in the in the and uh, the scrimmages, really had a solid week. And in a weak tight end class, we needed someone to kind of. Take that next leap. Because, again, we've talked about it. There's Pitts. There's Fryermuth. There's Brevin Jordan. There's Hunter Long. And then there's honestly just a gigantic cliff after that where it's like, is Kerry Angeline, you know, going to be drafted high? And the answer is probably not because otherwise he would have been down in Mobile. 
uh, you know, Kenny Yaboa, uh, Quentin Morris is another one that had a really good week, way better than his film in 2020 showed, or really in 20, uh, in 2019, because I didn't really come away impressed with his, with his on the field stuff, but his, his senior bowl was fantastic. Um, and in, I believe it was the game, he just straight up hurdled a dude, and he's like 6'4, 250. That is a big dude to be hurdling. That's uh, a big so yeah. brand. That's a big, <laughs> big brand move right there. That that big is brand. that is definitely one of your guys on brand. Um, trying to think of some non-offensive line guys. I do again need to shout out Jalen Moore out of Western Michigan. And here's the big takeaway: when you come into the Senior Bowl and you have less followers on Twitter than me, you need to have a good week. And he most certainly did. One-on-ones in the scrimmage doesn't matter. Was doing well inside and outside. Probably. I hate to do it. I hate to do it. Dante Colinelli's on the edge of his seat right now because I'm going to suggest it might be better off at guard at the next level. Uh, you know, he's like 6'4", 315. His arm length, I didn't catch the arm length measurement for him. I wish I did. Um, but again, you know, it's sh- showing that versatility, not necessarily saying he's going to be limited to being a guard, just the, you know, he can play outside if you need. Hey, if you have a need on the inside, he can fill in. He showed he was able to do that. He played phenomenally. Um, what, last guy before I'll throw it back to you. I just got to talk about Levi on and, and Wuzurike. He played one day of, of the drills, and he made himself so much money doing so. He dominated everyone. Everyone did not matter. Like Aaron Banks, it got exposed trying to to block him a few times. Um, goodness gracious, it's hard to block a dude that's like Anwuzarika is like six three, but I swear to God he could tie his shoes without bending over. His arms are so long. Like as a man with freakishly long arms myself, I gotta respect the hustle. Um, Jeez, yeah, they couldn't match with his speed. It's going to be interesting to see where he goes. I know Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network absolutely loves Unwuzurike. I didn't really love his 2019 film, and obviously he didn't play in 2020. But, man, you can't teach length and speed for an interior rusher. He's probably going to go pretty high. Yeah, major Javon Kinlaw vibes one day. That's all you need. (laughs) <laughs> uh but yeah i was i was surprised that he didn't uh some some other note news and notes i was i was disappointed that ben cleveland of, from georgia got hurt and really couldn't participate the rest of the week uh he had a very strong first day he was stonewalling everyone uh playing right guard and god the the american team needed him so bad in the game because that offensive line when they played the national team it was awful Hey, man, I got to see those rushers every single day, and I was scared because I'm sitting there going no, like, okay. listen, I was I was scared about the the Americans team's pass rusher because he had Cameron Sample, uh, who had a fantastic week, uh, Basham, who had a solid week. Uh, Quincy Roche was a terror to everybody, especially Alex Leatherwood, who just <laughs> uh, was allergic to blocking him this week. Um I'm trying to think of who else. My guy, Janarius Robinson, was really coming on strong the last few days. So, listen, I thought the American team pass rushers were up there. And and then Chauncey Golson and Wyatt Wyatt, uh, Huber was winning. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) You know, uh, it was it was crazy, you know, watching them. That just speaks to, like, listen, the edge class – Top to bottom, senior, junior, underclassman, doesn't really matter. Not the strongest, but it's just deep. Because, like, again, you mentioned a handful of guys. I got to watch Pat Jones. I got to watch Rashad Weaver. I had, um, who else did I have? Ellison Smith from uh, uh, Northern Iowa. He had a good He's a big, he had, he had a big week. Because this film was okay, but he played out of his mind, especially in the game. Uh, you know, Shaka Tony. He had honestly one of the one of the rougher weeks in terms of edge uh, edge prospects. Mentioned it uh, with our podcast with um, with Joe Marino, but jeez, yeah, it was it was a struggle. It honestly was a bit of a struggle uh, for, for him this week, or sorry, I guess but, last week. But yeah, yeah the, the thing with him was that he's just he's a speed rusher. He has yeah. incredible bend, but. He he was two thirty nine. It's, it's his, he he's was, a one trick pony, and that's he was a, 
he came into the week at 239, and when you're going against dudes at 300 pounds, they've got to get a grip of you, and it's over. Yeah. It's just uh, over. So unless you you're went like to- Quiddy, unless you're Quiddy Pay or Josh Uche or something where you got incredible upper body strength, it's going to be difficult. And, I mean, Uche was 245, and Pay is like 270. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so uh, I, I, mean, I was disappointed. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, damn, I, I just had somebody in my mind. Because uh, I want to say Jan- uh, Janarius Robinson for later, or later in the podcast. But damn, who else? Um, I mean, running back wise, Michael Carter did about what we thought he would. He played really well, uh, especially in the game. You know, it's kind of hard to evaluate running backs because you know, outside of the pass protection drills, I mean, you can't really tell, especially when the offensive lines are getting beat. I mean, this is about tough a defensive line group I've seen in quite some time at the senior role, because all of them were just disruptive in their own way. Cameron Sample, uh, he's become me and, well, I, he's become one of my guys now. Dante Kellinelli was on him before the senior role, but he had a huge week, uh, had half a sack in the game. And really day three was his best day. He was beating everyone in one-on-ones and uh, beating them in the team drills. I'm trying to think of some other, I feel like I'm forgetting some, a bunch of other dudes though. Uh, I can talk about some of the losers, though. I think the number one guy. Let, let, let me get a few more winners out of my way. All right. I want to talk another offensive line because he just came to me. Robert Jones, Mid-Tennessee State. Didn't have a phenomenal you know, day one. Just kind of did his job. Didn't really lose any reps, but didn't really stand out in any particular way. Day two, day three, he was throwing fools, which was amazing. I love how his tenacity and just him going out. Finding contact, you know, and the two on, you know, uh, the two on twos, the the overall scrimmage. It's like, yeah, okay, there's no one lined up beside me. All right, I'm just gonna go wreck the guy beside me instead. Uh, and then obviously throwing Shakatoni to the ground. Um, part of my language, uh, Shakatoni went in for a couple of inside spin moves, and on the second attempt, uh, Robert Jones just threw him aside like it wasn't shit, and that was amazing. <laughs> uh, and then I want to talk about some corners. Um, there are, geez, four corners, I would say, had a f- fantastic week, but I think the three that stand out in my mind, first one is Afiatu Melifonwu, the kid from Syracuse. Listen, he had some down reps, all right? Uh, he, he he didn't match up the greatest with speed, but he's also 6'3 and um, like 205, so prototypical uh, the NFL is going to love his size and his length and all of that. It's it's fantastic. Uh, really, I think that he could be someone that climbs into that top 50 range. Um, I want to shout out Aaron Robinson from UCF. You mentioned his his running mate uh, in Richie Grant. I want to talk about Aaron Robinson again. Kind of got that, that rub at the beginning of the week from uh, Daniel Jeremiah, and it really showed in the practices. There's a guy that when I watched him at first, I honestly... I loved his physicality, his support in the run game, but I didn't really get to see a lot of him in the pass game. So being able to see one-on-ones, it really kind of opened my eyes. Um, he got raised legitimately like a good round or so for me because I was sitting there, I'm like, couldn't get any any all-22 for UCF's defense. And I was just, you know, broadcast angles, it's kind of hard to, to see the corner, especially when he's not being targeted. Uh, but man, he's physical. Was giving everybody the business. He can tackle. I just he's 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 becoming one of my favorites. And then yeah, this is gonna be a homer pick. I don't give a shit. Uh, Cameron Bynum. He had a really rough day one. Uh, he, and when I spoke to Cam, because I got I got an interview with him, he mentioned that day one gave him a lot of trouble. He was you know trying to go with technique he wasn't familiar with, and it was costing him, especially against speed. And he was the first one to admit that uh, Dwayne Eskridge from uh, Western Michigan gave him a lot of issues, couldn't keep up with him. Uh, but, you know, he bounced back, had a great day, too. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing, is that he started off pretty poor, and he worked his way back to the, by the end of the week, showing out, having a really solid week overall. Uh, he said that there are some teams that wanted to maybe try him at safety, try him, you know, at, at nickel, wanted to show, um, you know, some more versatility than he was ever uh, allowed to at Cal because he had been a boundary corner his entire time there. 
and man, just getting to talk to the kid, there's going to be a team that's, that absolutely loves him because, you know, he's just an honest, humble dude, great sense of humor because I asked him things like, you know, you know, uh, so what, you know, what team, you know, uh, would, is there a team that you want to draft you? He's just like, I want to go somewhere with low taxes because I'm a business student. And as a business guy, I absolutely love that answer. Um, you know, just, just good head on his shoulders. Great kid. Friend of the show, by the way. Yes, I know we've had him, you know, De- Devin had an interview with him. I've had an interview with him. I'm a Cal fan. So yeah, you probably could have seen this one coming a mile away. I don't give a flying fuck. This is my guy. Yeah, uh, and continuing <laughs> with the, the corner class, um, and specifically at the Senior Bowl, a couple of other guys that uh, made impressions on me, ben- Benjamin St. Juice, a shout out my guy, uh, Jeremiah Bogan. Uh, Ooh, what country he from? Huh? What country he from? Canada. Yes, sir, Great White North. <laughs> yeah, so he, he, he had a pretty good week. Uh, he has incredible length. Uh, he made a couple pass breakouts, especially in the game two. Palmer also had another great week. Yeah, he did as well. Yeah, I was going to mention his name as well. Um, so those two guys had had solid weeks as well. I'm trying to make sure uh, Christian Uphoff, the Illinois State safety, he had a pretty decent week too. Uh, you know, on film you couldn't really tell what his coverage skills were like because you know a lot of the time the teams were throwing short against him. Uh, you know when at least when I uh, took a look at the film. So you don't really see how he matched up like in man to man and whatnot. But, uh, when, you know, in one on ones, he held his own. You know, he looked, he looked like he belonged. And that's the thing for a lot of these players that aren't, you know, at the big schools. You just got to show you belong. And he definitely showed that. Kay Johnson, uh, someone else that had a, a solid week, uh, doesn't create uh, a ton of separation, but can make those contested catches. And, uh, he looked good as well. Uh, but we'll go ahead and move on to the losers. Uh, the very first one is, is pretty obvious and a lot of people really didn't realize this until in the senior bowl, but Deontay Brown had a really, really bad week. Man. It was I, bad. I just, I, I, it was so bad. I cannot justify it because people are saying, Oh, it's not really the scheme fit and whatnot. But at the same time, man, it, you gotta, you gotta show something. And to me, the biggest clip was on the screen. In the senior bowl game, <laughs> they put him out on the screen. He didn't block a soul, man. Drake Jackson threw a dude past him, blocked somebody else before he even touched anybody. <laughs> so I understand uh, working. Because in- here's the thing. I'm picturing that in my head now, and it makes me laugh. And I feel bad because I shouldn't. <laughs> and look, I, I like Deontay Brown. He's a mover. When he blocks you. It's it's a hard time to get away from him, but that lateral movement, the lack of lateral movement, man. Um, and you know another guy I didn't have a great was Marvin Wilson, but Marvin Wilson was getting him on some one on ones, man. So it's very hard to see how he's going to fit in the NFL. Like if he doesn't cut down some weight at some point, because he just can't play at three sixty. No, he just can't, especially not in NFL, man. There's too many athletes. They're just going to stunt him every time. They're going to stunt. They're going to, you know, run games. They're going to isolate him. And it, when he was isolated, he was struggling all week long. So he was like the, the biggest, I think, faller of the week because a lot of people came in with potential second, third round grades on him. But really, he's like fourth, fifth round area, maybe sixth, depending on how teams view him. And I'm I'm very scared for his pro day because the numbers aren't going to be great. So he may just opt out of like the 40 yard dash and whatnot, because I, I just I don't think him running it will do him any service. So I like Deontay Brown, the player. I think he has a chance, but he, he has some real things he needs to work on. Uh, number two might be a little bit of a hot take, but I didn't I don't think Trey Smith had a great week. He didn't. Um, I, and there were like people that are like, oh, you know. Talking about his versatility, he can play a little bit of tackle and guard, you know, how he is in a run game. The, I, my issues with him have nothing to do with the run game because he's one. Of, he was one of the best run blocking linemen at the senior bowl. The thing with me is he's not great at pass pro. He's very inconsistent. His footwork is RMS and pass pro. Uh, his leverage, he plays way too high. He lunges. So a uh, these are all things that are correctable, especially for Trey Smith. 
you know, he can, he can, you know, switch it and become a great pro. And I think he will be a great pro, but he has to improve, uh, especially in those one-on-one situations. There's too many times he was lunging. And like I said, I like Chauncey Gosen. I think he's probably a late round guy, but you know, if you're trying to take Trey Smith first or second round, you can't be losing to him consistently, you know, and Gosen is not the fastest or the strongest guy. So I was disappointed that he was losing those reps and, you know, there were some holding calls that would have been called on him if it were a game, you know, that they didn't call because it was just practice. But he really got out of frame and, and played out of position a good bit in past in in passing situations. Uh and then I, I hate to just keep going offensive line, offensive line. So I'm gonna switch it up. Uh Tough Borland had a really, really bad week. Really. Like I cannot stress you how I, bad a week he had. <laughs> really bad week. Uh I'll I'll say this. I'm not impressed with any of the Ohio State linebackers that are not named Baron Browning. Uh I don't understand where the Pete Warner attraction comes from and i know he wasn't a senior bowl guy at least i don't think he was right how, how many linebackers do they have they got like four linebackers alone in this draft class like god baron brownie yeah uh hilliard I, warner. I, I i've not understood at all the attraction to warner or berlin sorry sorry borland or warner i got their their names mixed up um yeah just i don't I don't see it with either of them, so I was kind of surprised either of them were down there. Like, jeez, listen, just get Baron Browning down there. Be better than both of them. I don't under- I've seen L- Werner in, like, people's top five linebackers, and I just don't get that. But Borland is, uh, jeez, he's, he's rough on film. He was, had a rough week. Um, again, I don't want to, I don't want to switch to, uh, yeah, too much offensive line, but I am going to go there with my first big loser of the week. I, God damn, Jake Curon, just win one fucking rep. But part of my language, I don't mean to come off very, very, very gruff, but Jesus, he, th- three days, I think he actually won like maybe three or four reps in one-on-ones or two-on-twos or even in the scrimmages, it was rough. He just, goodness. Struggled against speed, let everything into his body, had his anchor was just gone. Um, yeah, this is someone I was excited come, uh, to, to watch coming into the season. Had a kind of meh season. Was a little surprised he was even invited down there. And then, I mean, everyone was like, oh, well, is Quinn Maynard going to show that, that he belongs there? Jake Curon did not show that he belonged there. It was rough every single time. Like, big guys, small guys, big guys overpowered him, small guys just, jeez, it was, it was so, it was some of the worst senior bowl stuff I can remember. It was bad. It was just straight up bad. Only way you can put it. Um, our guy, uh, Joe Marino mentioned this on last week's podcast, Racy McMath. This dude, why was he down there? He did nothing in his entire time at LSU. And yes, I understand that Jamar Chase and Clyde Edwards Hilaire and uh, Justin Jefferson and, you know, um, why do I feel like I'm forgetting someone? Why do I feel like I'm forgetting someone? Another LSU wide receiver. Um, Terrace Marshall? Terrace Marshall, thank you. The one that I have highly rated this year. Jesus Christ. Yeah, why, why was he down there? Why was he down there? He did nothing, so it's not like, you know, he had good production. Like, he, I could honestly name you 40 wide receivers in this class I would put over Racy McMath, and I haven't even gotten to 40 wideouts yet. His film was not good. His week was not good. He's, he's, I want to say he's like 22, 23, and it feels like he's still learning the position, and he's been a wide receiver the entire time. Not a great route runner, not overly fast, not overly productive, thinking out his steps very clearly. Just just an overall terrible week. I cannot stress enough. I, I, I'm coming across as just a complete douche when it comes to just how I'm reacting to this. But my goodness, this was a bad week for him. Uh, in terms of the defensive line, we touched on it earlier. It was a really rough week for... Um, Shaka Tony. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he had one or two good reps per day, but like on the, yeah, on the whole, really, really tough, to, you know, tough, tough watch. Uh, one that's not necessarily his fault in terms of another loser. 
Uh, Rodarius Williams, man. Listen, you know I like Rodarius Williams coming into the year. Thought he had a pretty good season. One thing I didn't know about Rodarius Williams until this uh, Senior Bowl week is, oh my god, he's 24 years old already. He will turn 25 in the first year, uh, sorry, in the first month of his rookie season. Uh, yeah, he turns uh, 25 in September. He's a year younger than you and me, and just finishing up now. His younger brother is heading into his third year in the NFL. Uh, didn't know that that was possible. Would love to find out how it's possible. But gosh, it, it it was rough watching him. He got hurt too. Um, he he had an okay day one, and then I think he got hurt. But geez, I mean that's gonna knock him big time because you're maybe getting three years before he starts to physically decline. Because I'm sorry, man, corners start to decline at around 27, 28, and when you're gonna be 25 for most of your rookie year, there, there there's a problem. Yeah, that was definitely a cause for concern. Uh, a couple more guys I'm uh, uh talk about uh, in terms of guys that didn't impress me this week. Say Sherrod did not impress me this week. Can't separate. Um, that's his biggest thing, and it's very unfortunate because he's a really good player. You know, he can make the contested catches. He can do uh, pretty much anything you ask him, but separating is not his strength, and he's going to have a real time translating to the NFL with, with lack of separation. So, that's something I wanted to note. Um, I'm looking a couple more guys. I got to pull up the rosters because there, there's a couple more guys that I thought didn't have great weeks. Uh, Ambry Thomas really didn't make an impression on me uh, throughout the week. I wasn't um, impressed with his film last year. So I, I saw people potentially coming into the year talking about him as like a top 100 player. And, and uh, no, absolutely not. No. Someone I was also a little disappointed was, was uh, Taron Jackson from Coastal Carolina. Uh, he has some good reps, but overall, he really didn't leave a, a strong, strong impression, in my opinion. Um, and I think he could have done a lot more for his stock. And I think people really want to go back to the film and, and analyze, like, how is he winning? Because he, he wasn't winning consistently down in Mobile. And I thought that he was someone that was going to have a much, much better week and, and you know, just play a little bit better. Um, looking at some, some other guys. I'm going through both teams now. Um, uh, Jamie Newman, man, he, he might, he's a loser this quarterback week, as unfortunately a, as a whole. Yeah, it, it was just, he had a rough game. He had a rough week. He threw multiple interceptions on a couple days, uh, threw an interception in the senior bowl game, sacked five times, which wasn't necessarily his fault because like I said, the American offensive line played very, very suspect. Uh, throughout most of the game. So, you know, it is really out of his control, but it's still, at the end of the day, it still reflects poorly on him. So I don't think he did a lot for his stock. I think he's probably still in that fourth round, fifth round range where a team is picking him to be a project. You know, he, that's essentially where, where he is, unfortunately, uh, which sucks. But, you know, it, like I said, it is what it is, man. Uh, Robert Rochelle was another person that didn't really impress this week, uh, because of injury. Uh, and that's very unfortunate for him because he was someone that a lot of people liked, you know, especially earlier in the season when they, you know, played those couple games and, you know, they played against, uh, North Dakota State. You know, he was going to be someone that people kind of clung to and, and said, okay, you know, he could be someone that, uh, you know, makes a real difference and whatnot. But like I said, you know, he, he had a rough week, so that sucks. But kind of going back to more lighter side, because like I said, I could talk about a few more offensive linemen that had down weeks. But in general, man, uh, you know, it was a pretty good week. You know, like I said, some of my guys uh, really showed up. Austin Watkins from UAB, uh, he had a fantastic week, uh, showed off his strong hands, you know, NFL bloodline, cousin of Sammy Watkins. So, you know, he, he had a really good week. Kadarius Tony, obviously. She Smith, he had a, he had a pretty, pretty good week as well. Had a pretty good game too. Uh, really a lot of these receivers had a solid week. You know, outside with like Racy McMath and Sage Sherratt, <laughs> everyone else. Both, had both a, guys that we just absolutely just shit on. Yeah. 
Marquez Stevenson didn't have a great week. You know, he has speed, but he needs some refinement in his game. Running backs, like I said, they they don't really. Uh, What's up? They don't they don't really. Uh, you, it's hard to to evaluate them. Um, but now we're getting to the part where we can exclusively talk about you know our number one guys now at the Senior Bowl. Uh, I want to talk about Janarius Robinson, man. Um, first of all, first of all, he won the uh, weigh-in because he has freakishly long arms and hands. He has 11-inch hands. Um, and then to go along with that, he has rid- a ridiculous arm length. And I think from that point, like you know, people, he was on people's radars because we have an edge rusher that has th- that long of arms. Uh, and that big of hands, you're like, okay, you know, that's very, very commendable. You know, someone that you got to keep an eye out for. And then, you know, I got to speak with him. Uh, like you had to speak with Cam Bynum. I had, I got to do an interview with, uh, Janarius Robinson. Kind of talk about his journey. Uh, you know, he's had some off the field things he's had to deal with. His family lost their home a couple years ago due to Hurricane Michael. Um, and while he was playing at Florida State, and then you take in the, into account kind of everything that they went through uh, in terms of coaching change. It went from Jimbo Fisher to um, who was an ass coach? Uh, was it? Damn, I Mike just had no Willie Willie Taggart. Willie Taggart. Sorry. Um, you know, kind of everything. I kind of forgot he existed. Yeah. So I had to go back and look real quick, but yeah, so he's been kind of through adversity, but you know, this week I think was big for him. You know, he showed his length, uh, someone that can win, you know, kind of with his, you know, he doesn't have necessarily have the quickest first step, but he has the length to kind of use that. He can ghost rush, uh, can, you know, convert speed to power. So he's someone to watch. I don't think he's going to be, uh, you know, Probably not even a high day two pick. He might be a late day two, early day three. So he may be in that uh, third, fourth round range where a team picks him up and says, look, you're kind of raw still, but we want you on your on our team. So he had a huge, huge week. And I think, you know, he can continue to uh, climb in his draft process if he tests well. So he's one of my guys that I needed to take a look at coming into the week. And then he went out and balled. So. I'm I'm very excited for, you know, kind of what happens over the next couple of months with him. But like I said, I had to talk with him. Really good dude. Uh, someone I think, you know, could have could carve out a role in NFL and have, you know, a bit of a successful career. I don't think he's going to be one of those guys that turns into a perennial 15, 16, 17 sack guy. But he can, you know, potentially four or five be a rotational or situational guy uh, and and could compete for a starting position in the NFL. So he's someone that I'm going to continue to monitor throughout the draft process. But like I said, he, he had a really good week, beat uh, Alex Leatherwood a couple times, uh, Dan Moore Jr., the Texas A&M left tackle, who had a pretty solid week as well. So I'm, I'm excited for, you know, kind of what he showed on film at the Senior Bowl and, and in general. And, you know, it wasn't consistent at Florida State. Because it was it was funny he was making all these plays and Florida State fans were in my mentions talking about where was this the last three four years. Oh, Florida State fans are their complete miserable miserable selves. Yeah, it's like that's right. I get out of Florida State. I took on Mississippi State earlier this year. Let's go. I'm, I was just confused because it's like, shouldn't you be happy for them? Like, nope, nope. they're just miserable. Um, I was like. <sighs> But anyway, to kind of wrap that up, yeah, he he had a really good week, man. I'm I'm I was excited, you know. A lot of people, more people are talking about him now, uh, rightfully so. I think he he has a legit shot, man. So excited to see what happens from here. But he he's definitely like of all the players, like personal big winners, he was definitely on top of the list. Definitely. I mean, I'm just going to quickly go over my my guy for the week. I didn't expect him to be coming into the week, but it, it's Creed Humphrey out of Oklahoma. You and I have been a little critical on him this year, not quite living up to the expectations. He desperately needed a big breakout type of week, and he got exactly that. Sure, he was being overshadowed by Quinn Manners uh, on the week, but I think that if you had to, as the second best 
uh, offensive linemen in that group, the national team group. It was it was easily Creed Humphrey. I saw some people say that he had a, a, a week, you know, a, a, a terrible week. Say that he struggled with speed and power. I didn't see any of that. Uh, yeah, everybody has a down rep unless your name is Quinn Manners. But um, yeah, no, no, no. He had a great week. But yeah, I didn't want to spend too much time on that. But you know. I was just gonna say there was a guy I completely forgot about. Uh ECU uh Deontay left tackle Smith. Deontay Smith. That's your guy. That is another one of my guys. Uh but yeah, like uh Creed Creed had just a, a fantastic week. I think he really did solidify himself as like the the top um you know interior yeah, you know, sorry, the top interior guy there in terms of where they'll get picked. Uh, like I said, Manners may have performed better, but I don't think Manners is going to go over Creed. Uh, but, Dev, what do you say we, we segue a bit? And we we got to talk about this because it's big news in the NFL. So Matt Stafford's going to go play in L.A. now. We could have done a whole episode on this, but we chose not to. You're going to hear enough yeah. podcasts that are exclusively about Matt Stafford, so we're just going to, you know, we'll spend a couple of minutes on this and then we'll get out of here. Yeah, um, I was shocked a little bit. I didn't think LA was gonna wage yet another first round pick, a couple first round picks to get Stafford, but here we are. Okay, uh, so it 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 bears repeating that the Rams gave up Jared Goff. They gave up the twenty. Well, they don't have a, a twenty twenty one. They will so, give up twenty twenty two and twenty twenty three. I think they said there was a third first-round pick, but they can't even trade it yet because the NFL won't allow you to trade four years out. So three first-round picks. There's a third and a fourth at some point going as well. I know there's a third, but I I can't remember if there's another draft pick as well. Yeah, let me – I can can check real quick. Um, but yeah, it was an insane haul. Um, but the thing with me is that it definitely makes LA better, but it's like, you know, I don't know, man. Oh, I haven't. So it's Goff, 2021 20, third, 2022 first, 2023 first. Uh, Rams just get Stafford. Okay. So let me just unpack all of this. The last time the Rams had a first-round pick was 2016 selecting Jared Goff. By the time by the time they pick in the first round again, it will have been and I can't believe I'm saying this. 8 fucking years without a first-round pick. They last had a first-round pick at the tail end of the Obama administration. Look, man, um, the Rams are in a win-now mode. So if, yes. you do not, if you do not win the next three or four years, it's going to be now, a failed trade. I did hear see a tweet from Matt Miller who had someone, from someone who knows the situation with the Rams well who said that uh, Snead doesn't value first-round picks, thinks that they're overrated, and, you know, how many players do we see miss in first round? uh, They're eliminating that risk. And I understand that, but you're trading that for a 32-year-old quarterback who, yes, has Detroit ever built anything around him? Absolutely not. They basically, for the first three or four years of his career, went, here's Calvin Johnson and you. And you can just figure it all out on your own. We're not going to build a defense. We're not going to build an offensive line. Just on YouTube. So, I mean, not exactly the best franchise. By the way, good luck to the uh, Detroit Lions. Because, yes, you have a ton of picks over the next couple of years. You have a general manager that we hope will know what to do with them. Something they haven't had in, I don't remember the last time they had a general manager that knew what to do with draft picks. But <laughs> you also get Jared Goff and a very bad contract. And you're about to lose pretty much everyone in free agency because you don't have a receiving room. I can guarantee you Kenny Galladay is not re-signing to play with Jared Goff. 
God. Well, Look the thing that, now that 2016 draft is awful at quarterback outside of Dak. Yeah. So here's the thing. I think the Lions are probably going to let go of golf at some point. I don't know if it's going to be at, within the next couple of months or it's going to be before training camp, but I don't think I he. Think, I think by the end of next year, I think he plays next year with them and then he's gone again. Yeah, at the very least, he will play no more than one season with the Lions um, because he's definitely not going to be the answer. I expect the Lions to fully draft the quarterback at this point um, because they they damn well need to. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Jared Goff isn't going to be the answer. You know, he and I, there's a lot of people there are super critical of Goff and, and understandably. So you're the number one pick and he really didn't live up to expectations. Um, and McVay really kind of changed his career because Jeff Fisher was just about to run into the ground. But, you know, he, he just didn't live up to expectations. And, you know, it kind of it sucks to say that now, but it, it is what it is. But, you know, for the Rams, they got some work to do, you know. You have Stafford in place. You know, you have a solid receiving room. But, number one, you got to address the offensive line because they, they got some issues with there. Andrew Whitworth came back and was very commendable, but he's he's old, man. It's time it's time to get a replacement. You know, he, he's not going to he's not gonna be a bionic man. Only they had a first-round pick. Uh, you wonder what. But this is a good draft to, to not have a first-round yeah. pick. I will say that. It is a good draft. Out of all the the rest of the drafts, this is probably the deepest draft draft you're gonna get in, in quite some time, probably. So offensive, line. yeah, offensive line, you're gonna be able to address that, but it's gonna be about drafting smart and you know drafting the correct players that can plug and play because you're gonna need instant results. You're replacing a ton of coaching for LA's defense. Lost a defensive coordinator. Lost a couple position coaches. Um, you know. You're having a new quarterback in the fold. And look, I like Matthew Stafford. I think he's a really good quarterback. He's a fringe top 10, top 15 quarterback for sure. But, you know, he's not going to fix all your problems. So you're going to have to invest in that offensive line, uh, whether it be free agency or, or drafting guys that can plug and play. Uh, then defensively, you're going to have to get more pass rush, more pass rush ability. Aaron Donald cannot be the only guy getting after the quarterback. You gotta you gotta improve that pass rushing ability. Uh linebackers too. That that linebacking core is okay but not great. So the Rams need to fix some things here before we can really consider them championship contenders. And then the Lions just draft well, man. Just draft well, develop and and just take your time with this rebuild. Don't do not try and rush it's you know, a good thing they got a great out. GM. In, in, in the building now with, with uh, Brad Holmes. Uh, Brad Holmes. I always forget his name. I, I, I don't know why I always forget his first name. But, yeah, no, I, I felt like we had to talk about that because, obviously, um, it was such a big conversation in terms of just how much he cost. And, well, we, we, we now hear that, like, the Niners want Kirk Cousins and and and, and we've now got – well, if this is what it costs for Stafford – what is Deshaun Watson going to go for? Because there's going to be more than that. I can tell Goodness. you that. Because he, he's a, easily a top five quarterback right now. Yes. Living and breathing. And the disrespect I've seen about Watson has been ridiculous. Just just absolute disrespect. He's been called a dome quarterback. You know, people said, oh, he can't win. It's just been it's, I think and it's kind of like how people say that that that, that Lamar Jackson's a bust because he hasn't won a Super Bowl, and you know it doesn't matter that Lamar's twenty three years old. If you don't win a Super Bowl by the time you're, you know, old enough to drink, can't do it anymore. Got to move on. And I, I just want to reiterate, quarterback wins are not a real stat. It's not real. No, not real. <laughs> it's not. Uh, I, I just you, hate when did people you see are the like Joe Marino linebacker wins and punter wins tweet. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It, it's so funny because it's like we judge quarterbacks. We they're the, we're the most critical of them, but they do not a damn thing in the game. They get credit for a win. You could have the worst game possible. Like Tom Brady did not play great in the second half against Green Bay, but he still gets credited with the quarterback win, even though his defense is the reason they won that game, especially in the second half. I mean, it's it just blows my mind 
how much quarterback wins gets brought up in conversation. It's like, oh, he has the most, he has more wins than him, so he's better. This, there's not a direct correlation. So, you know, cherry picking stats is never going to be a good way to evaluate a quarterback. That'd be like saying, uh, I'll use this draft for example. Uh, Ian Book has more wins than Trey Lance, so he's better than him. Like nobody's <laughs> saying that. <laughs> like who was saying that? Nobody with eyes. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, it's just funny to me. It's like people discredit Watson. It's like, oh, he didn't make the playoffs, or he didn't do this, or he only oh, yeah, made I it saw that one. You know, oh, why would you trade someone for that with a with a four and twelve? I saw someone say that Houston's uh, receiving core this year was elite. A thirty-something-year-old Randall Cobb and a broken-down shell of Brandon Cooks. But sure, you keep you. you uh, Will Fuller came and stay on the field. I mean, got himself suspended again. It's like, what do you want him to do? Throw it to <laughs> tight ends that I don't even know don't the tight end. Matter. I don't even know the tight end. And David Johnson. Fells? Oh boy. Shaking in my boots. Anyways, I did just want to get that out there. You and I actually haven't had a chance to talk about the Stafford trade. Is there anything else you want to talk about before we get on out of here? Uh, it's Black History Month, so, yeah. uh, you know, just want to make people aware of that. So, you know, definitely a month to, to celebrate Black History. And uh, I'll definitely probably be tweeting about some things and, and whatnot and, and kind of celebrating that. So just to keep people aware of that. Uh, so, you know, happy black history month to everyone out there. Um, and uh, definitely going to be celebrating now over the course of the month. And then, you know, just stay healthy folks. I mean, it's, I don't care how far we're almost a year out now of this COVID shit. And it feels like we're still back at square. Oh one. no, we're, 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 we are a year out, man. We, there were, a, it was in mobile last year that it made its way over. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah that's true. But man, y'all stay safe out there. You know, they're just say, just stay safe, man. I've seen some things that happen happen over the weekend in mobile. So, uh, make sure y'all staying safe. You know, if y'all do decide to go out, you know, keep those Mask masks up. on. I've seen some people without masks, but dude, like I, said, I, w- I I'm not going to get we, into it. I, I I was getting my old chance in my car today, and you know me, I what the good thing in in, in like the last two weeks for me outside of Mobile is I invested in wireless headphones. I finally bit the bullet and did it. And I, I was out there and you know, being able to you know ambient noise, sound control and and, and, and noise canceling all of that jazz. And instead, this guy is sitting there, and I don't know, he's commenting on something on the news, and I, I made the mistake of taking my earbud out, and for 15 minutes, I just couldn't get that earbud back in, because he just would not stop talking. And one of the things is he was talking about COVID, and, you know, your generation, you know, you know being kind of selfish, which is why... We, uh, we're still stuck in this, and you can't say anything about how our generation is responsible for, for COVID continuing when you can't, when your mask is not on your face properly, sir. <laughs> you well, that, it's, it's like everyone wants to play that blame game, man. It, look, it's, it's everyone's fault. Talk it's not just one generation. Yeah. That's is, what I'm saying. It's like, it's like, our generation may make the headlines because like people are out partying and shit, but excuse me, there are a bunch of Karens out here that don't want to wear a mask in the store. So please spare me. And that is your generation, sir. So please do not even try to, you know, play this blame game because we got them in 4K on camera <laughs> talking about their yeah, rights are being. We got them in 8K at times too, man. Uh, but, uh, like, again, you know, just stay safe out there. Take it from someone who, I mean, like I said, my, my symptoms were very, very minor. And it still, it, it, it still kicked my ass quite a bit. Um, but yeah, uh, one thing I want to just mention before we get on out of here, Devin and I, um, on Saturday, we hit one year with blue chip scouting. It's been 
an amazing ride for us so far. We're not even close to done yet. Thank you to Dalton Miller, who was the, uh, you know, president, if you will, of Blue Chip at the time. Um, you know, he's, we are in, eternally grateful for him kind of giving us a chance. We've grown so much over the past year. Um, you know, when, when Devin and I made the jump, Devin was sitting at like, just over a thousand followers on Twitter, kind of still getting his feet wet, kind of getting used to writing. You did a lot of like media stuff, but you weren't really doing a ton of writing. Uh, I was sitting at like 300. I was an absolute nobody. Now I'm just a nobody, uh, which is kind of good. Um, and now you're sitting at like 24, you know, uh, you're on the road to 2,500. I'm on the road to a thousand. I'm over 800. Uh, I gained probably around 40 followers, which is hard to do when there's no networking because you're not down there live. But yeah, just a fantastic uh, year. We're not done. We're only going to go up from here, guys. Uh, thank you for all the support. Obviously, if you guys weren't reading, we're not growing. We're not able to kind of get our name out there, get some of these guests that we've been able to get. Um, so yeah, big things to come, obviously, for year two with blue chip but until next time guys that's gonna do it for today you can follow me on twitter at mike h underscore draft you can follow devin on twitter at real d underscore jackson get him to 2500 followers you know god damn you know when when patrick peterson is 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 uh is responding to devin why aren't you you can follow the show on Twitter at Big Shots Pod. Uh, follow our work over at Blue Chip Scouting. Follow Blue Chip Scouting on Twitter at Blue Chip Scout, and we'll see you again next time.